All right, let's go to the Bible, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 14 to verse 16. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bush, a bushel or a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all, say all, who are in the house. Verse 16. Everybody, let's read this together. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine before men. It's not just enough for God to know you love him more. I, I know God loves me, yeah, but I need to know you love God. And I don't know your heart. The world needs to know. The unbelievers need to know you love Christ. And they don't know it by looking at your heart because they can't see your heart. They got to see your works. Read it again. Let your light so shine before men that they may do what? See your, say my, good works. One more time. My, not Bishop's good works, not your mother's good works, not your wife's good works, men, not your husband's good works, women, not your parents' good works, youth, children. Say my good works so that they may glorify my Father in heaven. Now, those are the words of Jesus. And, and if we take nobody else seriously, we ought to take the words, any words spoken out of the lips of Jesus Christ should be taken very, very seriously. Amen? So please stay awake and listen to his words as they will come through this vessel of clay in Jesus' name. Let your light shine. Why should our light shine? Because the world we're living in is indeed dark. And the darkness keeps growing thicker and thicker in the U.S. where we live. There are places in the world that may be darker than the U.S. But let's be honest. The darkness in America is increasing. Some of you are looking forward to the Super Bowl. I will keep you here all day. You're not going to see <laughs> Holy Ghost, come. Even, even if Jesus himself showed up, some of these folks will leave to go watch the Super Bowl. But I understand there is a commercial that has been purchased by some Christians and they're going to be promoting Jesus, uh, that Jesus gets it. I guess that's the core message. And they're simply trying to present Christ once again to America, to the world. You know, that's really the answer to man's problems. But I understand there's a huge backlash. It hasn't even shown just the idea 
that Jesus is going to be presented in a positive light during the Super Bowl has many, many people, don't know how many, but it seems like a lot, very upset and very angry. They're looking forward to, what her name? Uh-huh. And you know what she's going to promote. And you know what, 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 and some people, that's the only reason they're going to watch the Super Bowl is for that. No complaint, no criticism, no why should we expose our children to that kind of nonsense. It's fine, it's okay, but dare to talk about lifting up Jesus, shining the light on Christ, who he is, the loveliness of his person, what he does, the wonders of his works. Shine your light on the cross, on the love, the life of Jesus, and you make a whole lot of people very, very angry. The darkness in America seems to be getting thicker and thicker. The intensity of the forces of darkness in their determination to prevent the light of Christ from getting through to men is more intense now than I have ever witnessed in my own life. So, what are we going to do? Obviously, if you start to talk about Jesus or you begin to shine the light, you're going to get that kind of reaction from a good number of people. What are we going to do? Well, Jesus says, you and I are to be the light in this dark world. What are we going to do? I hope we don't allow them to intimidate us to the degree that in order not to, to get them upset, in order not to get them on our backs, in order to be accepted and pleasing to them, we decide that we're going to surrender to the darkness. We're going to cower in, in fear. I hope we don't decide, you know what, you know, we'll just back up get into our little corner here at Olney, just come together, sing our songs, do our dance, just among ourselves. And But when we go out there, and we now have to live, function, work with and among them, that we cover the light because we don't want them to mock us We don't want them to attack us. We don't want them to laugh at us. We want to be popular with them. We want to be accepted by the world. We've got to pay attention what Jesus says. We've got to be more concerned about our mission than about what the world thinks about us. Are you willing to be unpopular for the sake of Christ? Are you willing to be laughed at, mocked at, 
made fun of, called all kinds of names for the sake of your mission, the mission that has been given to us by our Lord, by our Savior? Are we going to let the world intimidate us and shut us up? Or are we going to remember what he said to us? And this is what he said. He said, you are the light of the world. Please look your neighbor in his or her face and say, are you a Christian? Are you really saved? Then you are the light of the world. Without you, the, light, the world has no light. And so what Jesus is saying is, he says, you are the answer. You see, because light is the answer to darkness. So when he says you're the light of the world, he's saying this world is dark. It has no light. And my plan is that you would be the answer. You are the answer I provided to the darkness that surrounds you. Don't look at someone else. You. Me. Individually. And as a church, this church was planted in 1990 to be the light of the world. Beginning in the community we find ourselves in. You, as an individual believer, have been brought to this church and made a part of this local body so that you would be the light and you'll bring the light Jesus has put in you and you'll join that light to my light and my light will be joined to your light and together as we shine the light because we're shining together the light shines more brightly and impacts the community and even the world. Hear me, there are so many people in your life right now in our community, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers that literally live in darkness. And you and I have been placed there to be the light. In this community here in Olney, Montgomery County, Maryland, so many live in darkness every day. This church was placed here to shine the light. This world where there are billions of people who live in darkness, we are part of a movement that God has established to shine the light. Don't be angry with them. Be sorry for them. Don't be intimidated by them. Understand that you are Jesus' plan, Jesus' answer to the darkness that you will see this evening while you watch the Super Bowl. And when you look at that, don't just get angry with them. Ask yourself, what am I going to do to help make a difference? How am I going to let my light shine more brightly? What am I going to do as a part of Harvest Only, his church, to cause this light that he has put here on this piece of ground to shine more brightly in this community. Don't get angry and upset. Let it provoke you to be what God called you to be and to do what God called you to do. 
Raise your hand, woman, and say, Lord, I thank you. I am the light of the world. So as light, we are to, we are to overcome the darkness. Uh, as light, we are to help the world see what is really there, what they're really facing, what they're really up against. As light, we need to cause them to see, be instruments to help them see what is true and to distinguish what is true from what is false. As light, we need to be there to show them how to walk and what to avoid. As light, we need to be the instruments that will cause them to see that God is a good God, that our Father is a loving Father, that Jesus is a merciful Savior. And also as light, we are to be God's instruments to show them that he who is loving, merciful, kind is also wholly just, and he will judge sin and judge evil. He hates sin, and he will judge evil. As light, we are to be the instruments of God to cause them to know, know the way that the Father has provided in the Son for their salvation, that they might escape the wrath that is to come upon this world. One more time, say, Lord, I am the light of the world. What does this mean? Well, the Bible also says in the book of John that Jesus is the true light. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. The light, the way, the truth, the life. He says, I am the light of the world. So the source of the light is Jesus. The light that we are does not originate in us. The light we are originates in him for his life is the light. But he takes this life, which is the light, and he places that life in you. So that you and me can become the means, the vehicles, the instruments by whom and through whom his light in us will shine. You see the lights above? The light above? The bulb? We say that's the light, but really that bulb is the instrument that is manifesting the light. The light is actually electricity. The energy that is causing the bulb to shine is actually electricity, but the bulb is the means by which the electricity illuminates our world. Even so, hear me, every child of God needs to realize that Jesus is the light. His life in you is light. And when you got saved, he put his light, his electricity, his power in you. But he chose you to be the bulb, the instrument, the vehicle, by and through whom the light will shine. Without the bulb, there would be no light here. So the electricity is essential, but the bulb is. The source of the power is essential, but the means by which that power will manifest itself is essential. The world needs God, and the world needs you. Your family needs God and your family needs you. Your co-workers need God and they need you. Only needs God and only needs this church. For we are the instruments of vehicles that he will shine and manifest his life through you and I as individual believers and we together as harvest only his church. We are critical to the plan of God to overcome the darkness of this world. What are we going to do?
with our mission. Again, I would just want to complain, criticize, point out all of the evils in the world. Are we going to be reminded that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we are the ones that have received that light and that light in us has become the light and we now are to be the instruments by whom that light will shine into the darkness that they live in. More than ever, the forces of darkness are intent, determined that the light of Christ will not shine through. Paul says they, they seek to, to darken the, 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 and blind the minds of men and women so that the light of Christ will not shine upon their hearts and they see the glory of God in, their, in his face. Right now, with all of this backlash, Concerning a simple, maybe 30 second commercial, mentioning Jesus, that, my brother and sister, is living proof of an intense warfare taking place, being waged by the forces of darkness who want to do everything with the influence they have to prevent the light of Christ from shining through. Because they know if men see the light in truth, they will be saved. They will be delivered. Are you still here? Yeah. And Jesus says, nobody lights a light or a lamp and puts it under a bushel. No, when men light a lamp, they put it on a lampstand. They sit it on the table to put it where it can give the greatest amount of light for the greatest number of people. They, they, they place it where it can have the greatest impact upon the darkness, where it can have the greatest influence on the darkness that is in the room so that men may see clear. You do not light a lamp and then put it under a bushel. You place it where all men can see it. And what Jesus is saying, like every man, he did not put his light in you so that it can be under a bushel. No, no, what he's saying, when a man lights a lamp, he puts it where it can be seen. And what he is saying here, listen, I have put my light in you and I have placed you as a church and I've placed you as an individual. I put you in places and among people that I want to influence and I want to impact through you. I did not put my life in you to hide you, to cover you, to put you in a corner. I put my life in you because I wanted you to influence people. I wanted you to influence situations. I wanted you to impact the darkness. I have placed you in positions. I've put you in families. I put you in jobs. I put you in communities. I put you in neighborhoods. I put you in churches with the express goal that you will shine there. That you will be the instrument there. That I will be able to use you to have the maximum influence and impact upon the darkness that exists there. He didn't light you and place you under a bushel. If you're under a bushel, you put yourself there. 
if, if, if I'm on a bushel, I put myself there. He didn't. And I'm challenging you because the world is so dark. Put yourself back where Jesus put you. Work together with him to fulfill the purpose for which he saved you and put his life in you. He did not put his life in us so we can just stay at home and take care of ourselves. Yeah, shine there, but man, he also put you in a community. He also put you in a job where you work. He also put you in a church. He also connected you to, to people that, that you interact with on a daily basis. And everywhere he has put you, he put you there so that he can work through you to impact and influence the darkness that is there. I challenge you, Beth others. I challenge myself. Every time I'm preaching to you guys, I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to you individually. I'm preaching to us collectively. We've got to hear what Jesus is saying. And we can't continue to play with this thing. The world isn't playing. Now, when Jesus says you are light and 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 he tells you, you don't, nobody lights a lamp and puts it on a bushel, letting you know that the life he's put in you, his intention is for it to be seen, for it to shine. His intention is for you to influence and impact your environment. Uh, he's also saying that you should allow men to see your good works so that they may do what? Glorify your father, which is in heaven. Let them see what? Your good works. So he lets us see very clearly that when he's talking about letting your light shine, he's talking about your works. The way we let our light shine is by the things we do in his name. The way we let our light shine is by committing ourselves to being his instruments and to abound in acts of love and acts of service in his name wherever we are. We don't accomplish the mission when we, with the light on the inside of us, just sit and talk and complain about the world or about the church and never make ourselves available for service. Let your good works, let your good works, let your acts of service, let your works of love be so plentiful, be so obvious, be so evident that men don't have to search and look hard to see if they can find it. Let it be so abundant in your life as an individual. Let the works of love and the acts of service be so abundant in this church and, and be so 
connected to who we are and what we do, that when anyone thinks about us individually or thinks about us collectively, what they see are good works, acts of love, acts of service that are overflowing. And Jesus says the purpose is so that they can what? Glorify the Father. You know, uh, some of us do good works, but it's for the wrong reason. Right? I mean, I can do works so I can be praised. I can do good works so, so I can be noticed. And then I get real angry when the pastor don't notice me. I love Jesus because Jesus did a lot of good works, right? But all the good works Jesus did was so that his father may be glorified. Are you hearing me? So, so let your light shine. Let your light be characterized by, by good works of all types, of all kinds. Let your love, let your works be motivated by a genuine love for God and for people. And let your ultimate purpose for serving one another for serving the world, for doing good. Let your ultimate purpose be that when they see it, they will not just talk about you, but they will more importantly glorify and give praise to God because they know you are doing it in his name and you are doing it by his power and you are doing it in obedience to his will and it was his love in you for them that you were expressing. Say, Lord, may my life be so lived that men, the world, will glorify you. Now, that doesn't mean that it's bad to feel good when you've done something good. That's okay. God, God made us such that when we do good, we feel good. That's one of the things to motivate us. So I don't know about you, but when I do good, <laughs> I feel good. So don't say, no, I don't feel, no, it's wrong for me to feel good because no, no. Hey, I feel good. <laughs> hey, man, if I say something to you and you say, Bishop, that really blessed me, I feel good. Hey, man, if I move to bless you a certain way and you say, oh, thank you, it made such a difference, I feel good. That's good. Good works ought to make you feel good. Are you hearing me? So don't, don't become so super spiritual now that you're not supposed to feel good. <laughs> no, feel good when you're doing what God has told you to do. That's part of the reward of doing good in his name is that it makes you feel good. But let the greater motivation be for his glory so that even when you don't feel good, but it brings him glory, you still do it. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen and amen. Then Jesus said, he said, listen, he said, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. Say that. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. So, so listen to what he's saying. He is saying you are like Individually, we are like, collectively, a city that is set on a hill. 
that cannot be hid. In other words, whether you like it or not, people are watching you. You may try to hide, but what he's saying is, whether you like it or not, you are on display. Your life is on display. People at work, they see. They hear. They watch. We as a church, even the folks not coming here, they're watching. They see. They're hearing and they're talking. So he said, that's a fact. You are on display. Say to your neighbor, whether you like it or not, you are on display. People are watching. People are listening. They're listening to how you talk. They're listening to what you say. They're watching what you do. They're observing how you entertain yourself. They're looking at how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband, and they know how you treat your pastor. <laughs> and they know how your pastor treats you. They are watching. That's what Jesus said. The fact is, you are being watched. And your life, what you do and what you are not doing, your life is speaking. Your life is communicating. Your life is saying something. The issue is what is your life supposed to be saying and is your life saying what it's supposed to be saying as a Christian? As they watch you, are they concluding, wow, this person's relationship with Jesus makes her so peaceful in the midst of storms? Or is she as worried, as anxious, as fretful, as nervous, just like me? When they watch you and they see you in the midst of the storm at rest, at ease, even though what you're dealing with is so difficult, they say, hmm, there must be something about this Jesus that she talks about. There must be something about this going to church business and sitting and hearing the word and worshiping and serve. Look at him or look at her going through this storm with such peace. They're watching. You're on display. Let your light shine. Let them see peace. Let your light communicate that there is a peace that you can have through your relationship with Jesus that the, Jesus gives you that the world cannot give you. They're watching, right? They're watching. They're watching, they're watching your character. It's on display. And when they watch your character, what is your character? What are you shining? What are you revealing? Do they look at you and listen to you and, and observe your character and see the fruit of the Spirit? Love and joy and meekness and gentleness and temperance and self-control. Is that what they're seeing? Because if that's what they're seeing, then your light is shining. Amen? They're seeing, they're going to see your good works and they're going to start glorifying the Father. 
Now I said, go with me to Philippians chapter 2, I believe. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 15. We're going to conclude with this. Philippians 2, 12 to 15 begins, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now work for your salvation. Now that you're saved, work it out. May I just put it this way? Put it on display. Let what's on the inside of you now show up on the outside. Hmm? So how do you do that? Well, one of the main things you see, as you have always obeyed, in other words, the way you let this light that's in you shine is through your obedience to what has been spoken by God in his word. In short, I am being obedient to his instructions to trust Christ and to love as he loved. So as I am trusting Christ and then walking in love towards one another and towards all people as Christ, I am walking in obedience. And when I so do, then my salvation is being worked out publicly. Let's go on to the next verse. For it is God who is working in you both the will and to do for what is God's good pleasure? That that thing that he's put on the inside of you should now be shining through you and be manifesting out of you. Next verse. Uh, pause. You don't need to be the source of the light. You don't need to become the light. You are the light. The light is already in you. Jesus is the source of the light. What Paul is saying here, and we'll see why I'm saying that, is that your job is just not to cover up. Make it hard for the light that is in you to be seen. And so there are some things you should be doing, good works, and there are some things you should not be doing because when you do those things, you cover up the light, you make the light very dim, you make it extremely hard for people to see the light, and you limit severely the impact and the influence of the light. And this is what he's saying here. He's saying, you light? One of the things you ought not to be doing, complaining. In other words, it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. You can do good works with the wrong attitude. And when you do it with the wrong attitude, it's like taking that light and putting it under the bushel. It's like covering the light so nobody can see it. Say to the person next to you, do good works, but watch your attitude. Are you hearing me? Yeah, you got to talk to talk, but you got to walk the walk. And walking the walk means I got to pay attention not just to what I do. I must abound in good works, 
but just as importantly, if my light is going to shine before men so that they will glorify my Father, I've got to pay attention to how I do what I do. If I want to do good works while complaining, hey, the church people, eh, these work, these, eh, everything, boss man, you always, if you're just going to be complaining at work, husbands, if you're just going to be complaining in your home, Pastor, you're just going to be complaining about your people. Members, you're just going to be complaining about your pastor. Young people, you're just going to be complaining about us old people. <laughs> old people, we're just going to be complaining about you young people. What's going to happen? The light that is in us will not shine. So let's finish the sentence. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Next verse. That you may become and harmless children of God in the midst of a among whom you shine as you will become what? Blameless. Harmless. The children of God without fault in the midst of a now, well, our fault is not in the eyes of God, in the eyes of men. Hey, look at y'all going to sleep on me. He's saying the reason I should, and you should, and we should, as individuals, relate to one another, relate to people, relate to the world, relate to the unbeliever, re relate to us in the church, without complaining, without fault-finding, without disputing, without always arguing among ourselves and putting each other down and criticizing each other. We're doing what we're doing, but we're doing it with a bad attitude. He says the reason we should really, really, really pay attention to our attitude is because he wants us to what? Shine as lights in the world. In the midst of a dark and perverse generation which we all admit we live in, we are on a mission to shine the light. And we're on a mission to make sure that this light has its greatest impact upon as many people as possible. And the last thing we want to do is to dim the light with a bad attitude. So every time I open my mouth to complain, I need to understand I'm dimming the light. Every time I open my mouth to grumble, to, to get into foolish arguments and foolish disputes separating us from one another. Every time I do that, I'm what? Dimming the light. And some of us, the light is so dim. You're in, you're living in a crooked and you're living in a perverse generation. That's the reality. You're on a mission, I'm on a mission to let this light shine. And we should let it shine primarily for the glory of God. Don't live your life for yourself. Live your life for the glory of God. Wherever you are, no matter who you are among, no matter what you're doing and what you have to deal with, always live your life for the glory of God. And when you make that your motivation, then your light, the light in you, will shine the brightest, and the impact and the influence it's going to have on the darkness will be huge.
Jesus said, go ye into all the world and do what? Make disciples of all nations, teaching them. Doing what? So, that's being the light. Light leads. Jesus said, go and teach the world. We cannot be the light of the world if we are letting the world lead us. We're not being the light of the world if we are letting the world teach us and we're learning from the world what is right, what is good, and what is cool. No, 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 no. We are supposed to be the one teaching the world how to dress. We are supposed to be leading, teaching the world how to dress, what cool looks like, what good looks like, what right looks like. We are the ones who should be setting the standard and saying to the world, here's the standard to live by. Here are the things to do, here are the things to avoid. But sadly, I'm, 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 I'm really sad because too many of us, instead of being the light that shows the way, to the world, we're allowing the world to show us the way. And we look to the world for our patterns. We look to the world for our examples. We look to the world for our standards. And whatever the world embraces and whatever the world says is cool, we say it's cool. Whatever the world feels they should spend this money on, we feel we should spend our money on that. Whatever the world feels they should spend their time doing, we feel we should spend our time doing it. Every time the world comes up with a new standard, we adopt it and we despise the standard of the word or the standard of God's people. We keep looking down at what the church stands for, what the Bible stands for, as we embrace more and more the world and the world system because somehow we have concluded they know better. We are not sophisticated. They're sophisticated. We're not intelligent. They're intelligent. We're not smart. They're smart. We don't know how to dress. They know how to dress. We don't know how to talk. They know how to talk. We don't know how to treat a woman. They know how to treat a woman. We don't know how to treat a man. They know how to treat a man. And we look at them. And the world now is leading and teaching and we're just following we have our lives under the bushel. I pray today that every member of Harvest and whoever's watching, if you are a believer, you are called to lead. You are called to teach. You are called to set the example. You are called to set the standard and show the world what it means to be right, what it means to be good, what, what hip is, what cool is, what, what right is. Let the world look at you and then judge themselves and say there's something wrong with the way I talk. There's something wrong with the way I dress. There's something wrong with the things I watch. There's something wrong with the games I play. There's something wrong with the way I entertain myself. Let the world look at us and, and be convicted of sin and, and then come to the place of repentance where they can receive grace and they can receive salvation. Let the world look at us and discover what it means to be truly committed. Committed to a cause. That is big enough not only to live for, but to die for. I pray for you. I pray for myself. I pray for you as an individual. I pray for you as a church. In the name of Jesus, you are.
the light of the world. Be the light. Don't be intimidated. Let the light shine. Let God be glorified. You show them the way. Don't follow them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, amen and hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this message. May this word now enter the minds and hearts of each person here. And may our lives be transformed by this revelation. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.